With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Venice and Fairfax. Not Intercom. Not the Miracle Mile. Nevertheless, I got my boy GB on the line, Greg Biggins. What it do, my friend? Hey, how's it going, Keith? It's going all right, man. You sound like you're a little stressed out over there, right? <laughs> People are pushing you to the limit, right? You, you ain't lying, you, man. You got you got some issues. I do have some issues. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's always an interesting time. But you know what? We're living and breathing, so I'm not going to complain. That's right. That's right. And that's where I was going to take it, man. It's all about perspective, baby. We could, we could all be off worse than we are now. Uh, just always got to remember that we are truly blessed. But, you know, you listeners, you're truly blessed. You're listening to the Transparent Truth, the number one high school football podcast in America. It's your boy, Coach Keith. It's your guy, Greg Biggins. We got a lot going on. It's going to be kind of a quick show, uh, but nevertheless, it's going to be packed with some information about recruiting, uh, a Hall of Fame recap. We got a big time sleeper out of the Trinity League. What a surprise. And we're going to preview a couple of players that we think are going to stand out, win, and dominate the opening that's coming up this weekend. And I've got a quarterback who's one to watch that I guarantee will be a national recruit. Only in middle school right now. With that, all that being said, Greg Benz, hit us with recruiting. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. So there was a bunch of commitments this past week, Keith, like 40 we're not going to go through all of them because they're not all West Coast, but I think with that dead period coming up, it almost seemed like a lot of these guys want to go ahead and just get their decision out of the way. Yeah. But, hey, some major, major impact commitments. How about, I, I don't know if there was a more high-profile one than Mr. Zach Charbonnet from Oaks Christian committed to Michigan, took his official visit out there. Uh, we thought he might go ahead and officially visit Washington as well. Um, both local schools, UCLA, USC, were heavily involved, but Michigan was kind of the leader for a little bit. He took his visit, loved it, came home, and decided to go ahead and pull the trigger that same day, Sunday. So Zach Charbonnet, all of his 6'2 and 210 pounds of, of physicality and speed is headed to the big house. No, I like it. Big, fast, physical, can run away from people. Charbonnet making a commitment on his trip to Michigan. We always are a little leery, GB, about guys committing on spot when they're out, out of town, visiting the college. But Charbonnet felt good about, you know, Ann Arbor. He felt good about Jim Harbaugh on the offense. I can't really complain. It's I think it's a great fit. 
he fits that conference. I think he fits that system. And uh, Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet, Oaks Christian running back 2019, pulling the trigger to be a Wolverine. You know, the cool thing about what you just said was normally I would say, you know, don't make an emotional decision, but this is actually his second visit okay. to Michigan. So it wasn't like he was blown away. He took an unofficial visit earlier in the year and liked it, and uh, he waited to come home first, kind of settled down, talked to the family, and then went ahead and got it done. You know, staying with the Oaks Christian theme, how about Bryce Farrell committed to Stanford? Only a 2020 kid, but we've said it before, man, Stanford just has so much to offer, so much to sell. That was his dream school. Bryce got that offer. He took an unofficial trip out there. Same deal. You know, he decided to come home first, think about it, and then say, you know what? Why even wait? I know I'm only a junior, but this is Stanford. And he went ahead and and committed as well. So Stanford, man, they always get that one or two guys with that that speed. You know, it's a play-action offense. They need that guy to stretch the field. That's definitely Bryce Farrell's game right there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, getting back to a couple of shows ago when Curtis Conway talked about smaller guys being able to play the outside, I think – Bryce Farrell is one of those guys inside, outside. The guy has the speed, the vertical speed to get behind number one corners. Also has the quickness to separate inside versus safeties and linebackers. A big time get, I think, for Stanford. An explosive playmaker down the field in the return game with speed to burn. Take the top off the defense. To burn. How about Josh Chachi Delgado coming back west? Former St. John Bosco receiver now at IMG Academy. He took a unofficial trip to Oregon, and he committed to the Ducks as well on his trip. That was kind of all set up ahead of time. He, he told me maybe a few days before that, hey, man, if I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. I just love Oregon. I love you know, their depth chart. I love the coaching staff. They need guys right now. I love how hard they're recruiting me. They're really prioritizing me. And I want to come back, his words, I want to come back to the best coast, which is the West Coast. So Chachi Delgado. Again, receiver is a huge need for Oregon. They don't have a lot of depth there at all, so bringing in Josh, I think it's a nice pickup for the Ducks. Yeah, no, love Delgado. I love the bounce that he plays with, the juice, the swagger. He's got a nice little chip on his shoulder. He's a playmaker, GB. Not great at anything, just really good at everything. Catches the ball well, runs really good rounds, has a physical chip on the edge as a perimeter blocker. I love him in terms of a prospect with something to prove at the next level, not a guy who's been been spoon-fed his whole life. So congratulations to the Delgado family. And Chachi going to be a duck. Yeah, Delgado definitely has that little chip to him. Yeah. He also picked up. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. I'm just going to say where he's from and what he's about. The Ducks also picked up the number one Juco offensive lineman in the country out of Navarro, J.C. in Texas. This kid's got a really long, difficult last name, but look him up if you want. (laughs) Go to to the Oregon Duck website on 247 Sports, and this kid is a massive 350-pound dude with some feet. Again, he was... uh, He was the number one rated JUCO O-lineman, arguably the number one JUCO OL recruit, period. Wow. Regardless of position. Wow. Ducks really, really wanted to bulk up. They are doing just that. How about a couple of 2020 quarterbacks, Keith, pulling the trigger early? How about Jaden Casey from Calabasas? Big shocker. Dude, he's going to go play for the fighting Jeff Tedford at Fresno State. And and it's a shock when you think of this is – kid's going to be a national recruit. He's going to have 20 offers. You know, you think Fresno State, but then you kind of dial it in a little bit more and you think, okay, who's Fresno State's head coach? Right. A guy by the name of Jeff Tedford. Who's Jane's favorite quarterback? A guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. Sure. 
Tedford Coach Rogers, great, great, great success coaching QBs at Cal and Fresno State. I mean, they won. I want to say ten games last year. They're they're a good program. So yeah. I think Jaden, you know, he he camped out there. He visited, and uh, he just fell in love with the place. So I think you know we're always talking and preaching, Keith. It's not always the, the biggest name school. Go to the best fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think for Jaden, he felt like this was the best fit. Is Fresno State the biggest name? Are they Alabama, Ohio State? No, but is it the best fit for Jaden? You know, very well could be. So I think it's a really good move for him. Listen, Tefford, like you said, Greg, a terrific history of developing quarterbacks, developing the mind of quarterbacks, understanding how to read the field and where to go with the football protecting it at all times. Aaron Rodgers, Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl winner, two Super Bowl winners that he's tutored in the past. Casey, a kid with not tremendous measurables, but a great football player at the quarterback position. Love the fit at Fresno State. Going to play in that 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 whack kind of conference, matching up with Boise every year. Also, remember this. There's a 2020 running back down in that Fresno area at Buchanan High School that I know Jeff Tefford is salivating over trying to get Mr. Kendall Milton to stay in town. GB, you better look out. Casey Milton. Johnny Wilson, maybe? We'll see what happens. Stop, stop. We'll see stop what happens, right man. There. Fresno, hey, now. listen. Let's not get carried away. Hey, I'm, listen. I'm a, fighting, I'm a fighting Jeff Tedford fan, but there's no way in heck Kendall Melton's going there, even though his older brother is actually a bulldog. His so. brother is a bulldog. They live down the street. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. Okay. It would be, you know what, that would be like Jason Kidd going to Cal. I'd be like the local I'd hero. love it. I'd love hey, it. Hey, why not? Yeah. Why not? But, uh. No, Tedford, you know, going back to his Oregon days, too. It's funny. I just, you think of Jeff Tedford, you think of that release, remember? Yeah, absolutely. Smith, Joey Harrington. Nice they always and high. The ball on the top of their shoulder. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Shamar Martin, mm. really good-looking DB out of the San Diego area, committed to UCLA. He had just officially visited Arizona State. Had narrowed it down to those two schools. He went ahead and, and committed to UCLA. Had kind of a banged-up quad and unfortunately missed a lot of this you know, a lot of the big camps and some of the seven-on-seven. But, you know, here's a guy who has a sophomore, you know, ran a 10-6, meters. You watch the tape, he's physical. Mm. So you, you think of a fast corner that, that's fast, physical, and tough, sign me up, right? That's what you're looking for. Right. He seems like he has good size as well, Jimmy. You know how big he oh, is? Yeah, he's six feet, six yeah. feet, 180-pound kid. He's got it all. Yeah. No, I like it. I like uh, it a lot. Quarter- yeah, they're a 2020 quarterback. That I, I skipped over, uh, Ben Gilbranton yes. from Newberry Park. Um, you know, played behind um, our boy, whose name is escaping me, who's going to the University of Texas. Right. Escaping me as well. I'm pulling a Keith Miller and drawing a blank on the name. That's all right. Keep going. But he's going to Cal. So he's going to go play for the fighting Marcus Tuiasisopos, <laughs> Justin Wilcox's. This is right. Peter Sermons. Yeah. No, but uh, Tuiasisopo was uh, was his main recruiter, and I, I, get, I don't think any of us saw this coming, including Tui. Um, I think a little, little bit of a surprise, but shoot, you know, this kid's got a ton of tools. He's got a lot of physical tools. Ben Goldbranson, he's going to be the guy for the next two years. Newberry Park, it's a great offense. He's going to have a lot of fun playing in that offense, and uh, so... You know, I think Cal looking to potentially bring in two quarterbacks this year. They already have one guy locked in and Spencer Brash. They're still recruiting Jaden Daniels very heavily, but they got their 2020 guy already locked up, Ben Gilbranson. 
No, I, very park. Yeah, Highly no. Tooled, a lot of tools. Yeah, no, he does have a lot of tools. Quick release, strong arm, accurate in the middle of the field into the sidelines. Makes great decisions, protects the football down the field, doesn't force throws in the coverage. You've said this many a times. Cal very quietly, very consistently creating a nice recruiting pipeline. Southern California bringing in players who maybe are a little overlooked by the bigger programs. Nonetheless, have a nice skill set to fit the Cal system, the Cal way. The Berkeley boys. Trying to get it popping. I like it. Yeah, no, no doubt. And let's uh, let's go ahead and stay with the Cal theme because they picked up a guy who goes by the name of Oren Patu. My boy, Brennan Huffman. He's at a Rainer Beach. Calls him probably one of the top five players in the state. His dad, I guarantee you know his pops. Remember Saul Patu, who played at Oregon. Absolutely. Back in the, uh, that was with the, you know, obviously Peter Sermon, Justin Wilcox. Was Joey, there. Is that Joey Harrington's group? Um, that was Achilles Smith's group. Okay. That was when Michael so, Fletcher was okay. there. So okay, was, so a little that bit was, before that. that. Really good teams. Yeah, yeah, those were some really good teams. And the, uh, yeah, that was when they battled, you know, UCLA with Kibik now and Achilles Smith. I remember sure. that game vividly. Salpa, too, um, was a stud. So his son, Oren, is a, uh, at a Rainer Beach, he's a 6'4. 200-pound linebacker, a ton of length, and again, a top-five guy in the state. He went ahead and committed to Cal as well. So Cal doing some really nice things right there. I, I like I like the direction the program's going for sure. Shout-out to my guy, Corey Nickel, who's leading that recruiting department up there. Me and Corey used to work together a couple of years back. Corey's a great guy, and uh, he has a very good eye for uh, talented prospects who are flying under the radar. So nice job from Berkeley boys, man. I like it. They are Definitely loading up on edge players. Edge meaning they got the ed- that edge about them from not being recruited by, you know, the super heavyweight or the blue blood programs. They're going to come in with something to prove up there in Berkeley. There's no doubt about that. Speaking of edge, how about a guy by the name of Quabina Watson out of the Fresno area? Quabina. has all kinds of edge to his game. He committed on his official visit to the University of Arizona. So, Kobita Watson, kind of a, a hybrid, plays a little bit of a defensive end type position, but he's you know, probably about 210 pounds to help the transition to outside linebacker. But he fits what they want. And, um, you know, long-arm kid. Watch him play a lot of seven-on-seven, DB guru kid. Worked really hard on his ability to kind of play in space and move around. But he's a natural pass rusher, plays angry and violent. And he is a wildcat going to play for Kevin Sumlin. Sumlin, defense. Not synonymous, but need to become synonymous. Always a great offense. Kevin Sumlin, a offensive guru when he was at Oklahoma and even at Texas A&M, good for putting up major points per game. The defense was always the kind of their Achilles heel, why he couldn't get over the hump there in Aggieland. Bringing in guys like Watson, athletic guys that can make plays on the football and turn over the offense is a reason that Kevin Sumlin will be successful or not successful in Arizona. One of those two is going to happen. <laughs> There's no question. We're going to figure that one out. How about our guy P3, Paul Edwards? Yeah. Go ahead and give him, uh, go ahead and give him an early commitment to Colorado State. Again, the Rams are a pretty quality team in the Mountain West. And they prioritized P3 early, offered him, went hard for him. He didn't want to wait around. I, I think he felt like, you know what, this is a good fit for me. So P3 is headed to Colorado State. 
That's a, that's a good fit. Like you said, GB, Mike Bobo is an excellent coach. Former University of Georgia assistant, now running a show at Colorado State. Very good program. They play physical football. They're always going to put up points on the board. He's an offensive guy. They need long, athletic guys that can cover man-to-man so they can commit numbers to the box and take away people's run game, make them one-dimensional. They're also a very, very good home team because that altitude is a monster to deal with. But good fit for Paul Edwards. He should have a big year at Narbonne this year and uh, go ahead out to uh, Colorado Springs and make it happen. Yeah, we got Stan Livingston out of Londale High School going to San Jose State. Yep. Stan's a ball hawk. He's a safety. He had like six or seven picks last year. Watched him play premium ball this past seven on seven. Uh, I, I like Stan. I think that's a steal for the Spartans. The fighting Brett Brennans. <laughs> Our guy Alonzo Carter's over there. But uh, Stan Livingston, man, I, I, I like it. Get it done early. And obviously, the process will still continue to go on. I can think I can see Stan being a guy who's going to get more offers We'll see if that sticks when a few, maybe a few Power Five conference offers start to roll in for some of these guys. But uh, for now, Stan Livingston is going to San Jose State. Hey, real not, quick, unless you want to jump in, you want to jump in on Stan. Yeah, quick. just really quick, a guy with a knack for making plays on the football. Not sure why San Jose State can't be a destination school for really good football players. It's in a terrific location. They play in a solid conference. They got an excellent head coach, supportive assistants who are knowledgeable and they recruit hard. San Jose State Spartans making a move. Here we go. San Diego State picked up a couple players. Michael Shawcraft out of locally from the San Diego area. And also Arizona, Brandon Shivers. And staying with the quarterback theme, Mayfair quarterback Josh Calvin. Everyone talks about Chris Adamora quite a bit, but Josh Calvin went ahead and made an early commitment to Utah State. Wow. And staying with the quarterback theme. No idea why this stumped me, but the quarterback from Newberry Park last year was none other than Cameron Risen. He is at University of Texas. I knew that. You knew that. The American people know knew that. Just got a lot going on. <laughs> kitchen sink and stovetop is killing me. Got a lot right. going on, but it's all good, GB. We're not going to even touch offers. There's just too much going on. But hey, just a lot of visits. Uh, USC had a ton of high quality official visits. How about a couple of kids from St. John Bosco, Jude Wolf? How about a guy named Chris Steele? He was in the news a little bit last night. A little how bit. about a guy named Josh Pacola? And how about a guy named Siaki Ika? Those are four high-quality players. They had a few more national guys as well, but those are the West Coast kids. I think Jude Wolf looks pretty good for USC right now. Chris Steele is going to make a public commitment in July. I think USC is probably in a good spot. It's a good spot with him. Hey, Josh Pacola just came out with, I want to say, a top eight yeah. or six. Georgia. Notre Dame, Oregon, Stanford, UCLA, USC, and Washington for Josh Pacola. I think I got my crystal ball at Stanford right now for Josh Pacola. Siaki Ika is the big 360-pound D tackle out of Utah. He'll be at the opening. He also took his official trip to USC. Minifield, Alabama is the team to beat for him. Colorado had a huge weekend, Keith. Tripped in about 12 to 13 kids, including guys like Ethan Ray, Kyle Ford, Titus Toller, Tyler Lytle, Ty, uh, Mark Perry out of Ranch Cucamonga. Um, wow. Really good group. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Tyler Lytle's brother, Spencer Lytle's there. Carl Jones from Bakersfield uh, took a visit there. So, Colorado, man, they, they, they are doing a really good job getting guys on campus. Already have a couple high-quality players committed. We'll see. If they can pull in a kid like a Kyle Ford or an Ethan Ray, I think right now Ray 
might be an Oregon or Florida lane. We'll see if Colorado gave him something to think about. I have yet to talk to uh, yet to talk to Ethan after his CU visit, so we'll see. But Cal Four likes him quite a bit. So does Titus Kohler. I think Titus probably has Washington and Colorado as his top two schools, and Tyler Lytle. I think Clemson, Wisconsin are his top two. We'll see if the Bobs could kind of push ahead for them. The Washington Huskies also had a big weekend. Uh, a couple of their highlighted players that took official trips were. Asa Turner from Carlsbad, Cam Williams from Bakersfield, and Drake Jackson out of Centennial High School. I think Drake is still probably a pretty strong USC lean, but I know Washington gave him a lot to think about. Asa Turner, I think, might be a Husky lean. Watch out for Notre Dame. USC is involved in there as well. Then Cam Williams, the Oregon commit slash decommit. I think he's still going to take a look at Oregon, USC. Watch out for the Trojans. I think it's probably those three schools right now. UW is definitely in there. Oregon, where he decommitted from, will get a visit in July. And then USC, they'll get an official visit probably in the fall. Those are the main schools. What a kid blowing up right now, Keith Giles Jackson. Oh, yeah. Playing with TMP. Uh, he took, got an offer from Michigan, wasted no time setting up an official trip. He was out there this past weekend, and they made a pretty big impression on him. So Giles is going to visit USC and Man, his stock is continuing to rise. It's kind of cool. They locked him in for the opening before he even had these offers. And I know people are saying, Giles Jackson, what are you getting him, invited him for? All of a sudden, boom, Oregon. Boom, Oregon State, USC, Michigan. The kid is now a national recruit. Speaking of national recruits, Tristan St. Clair mm. plays for my guy Nate Kenyon. He took oh, yeah. an official visit to Notre Dame over the weekend. You know, his dad played for Stanford. They were late to the party in terms of offering, but they did finally offer. You got to think Stanford's the team to beat. Cal made a huge impression, doing a great job recruiting him. I really think it's those three schools, but Notre Dame has been very, very consistent. Notre Dame's sneaky. They are sneakily in this mix for Tristan Sinclair. I think the feeling was Stanford offered Crystal Ball right there. He's going to Stanford, but Notre Dame, man, they are not messing around. And I would not be shocked if the Irish can pull something out here. How about Alabama, Keith? They had a huge group of visitors. Oh, my goodness. Over the weekend. Can't even name them all, but just a few <laughs> of those guys were Kayvon Thibodeau, Justin Flo, Darnell Washington, Savelle Small, Makai Polk. Going to butcher this name. JT Tui Malau from East Yeah, Tui Malau. Like a 20, 20, 21 kid. Yeah. Our guy, Tracy Ford, said could be the number one player in the country in the 21 class. Got an offer from Bama over the weekend. So, Bama, you know, had their big cookout weekend. And tell you what, man, these are some quality underclass kids. Obviously, Kayvon is a senior, but Flo, Darnell Washington, Smalls, Polk, man, all these guys uh, were out there. And no one does it quite like Alabama, Keith. Yeah, GB, you know what? Uh that list is pretty ridiculous. Kayvon, probably, probably the number one prospect in the nation. Tui Malo, probably the number one 21 prospect in the nation. Savelle Smalls, top two, top three in the nation in the 2020 class. Same with Justin Flo. Um, and then Darnell Washington. I don't think people are talking enough about Darnell Washington. He's special, Greg. And uh, if there's a better tight end nationally in, in any class, I need to see him. This kid is O.J. Howard, reincarnated. He's a three-time state champion in three different sports. <laughs> Listen, people are not giving Darnell Washington his enough respect. 
and I'm here to let the world know that this guy is going to be an absolute terror for everyone. Mark it down. Oh, you got to tune into 24-7 sports a little bit more, Keith. We've been giving this guy all kinds of love. When really? When you talking to Michael Martinez, I was saying, dude, the guy had the Nike cap with Darnell Washington. This guy is the freak show. He is. And he's got offers from every school in the country, and no doubt he is a uh, – don't often see tight ends get that you know elusive five stars because the tight end position is a little bit devalued. But if there is a guy that's got a chance to get one, it's definitely Darnell Washington. I, I challenge his coach. His coach is constantly on me, David Hill. Dude, what, what do you got to do to be the number one player in the country? I go, number one player in the country? Come on, coach. He's a tight end. I go, tell you what. I go, we can, we can talk top 10 status, but I need this. I need 15 touchdowns and 20 quarterback sacks next year because he's going to play some defensive end. I go, write it down, put it above his locker. If he gets us 15 TDs and 20 quarterback sacks, which he should be able to do, yeah. you're 6'7", 260, and running, you know, 4'7". Right. Why not get 20 sacks and 15 touchdowns, right? He says, done. Wrote it down. It's above the kid's locker. He's shooting for that goal. No, man, it, it, this is not a sleeper. Everyone knows how good this guy is. He's a, he's a ridiculous talent. I guess what I was referring to is, is someone came out with a list of the top 20, 20 kids in the country. He wasn't in the top 10. I said, that's BS. Probably because he's a tight end. You know? I, Greg, I, mean, I don't he, care. I don't, I don't care what position going, he plays. Going with the whole NFL draft type of standard, you don't see tight ends going in the top ten. So unless you're OJ Howard, did he go top ten? I think he did. You know, I'm gonna look that up. That, it might have been. It might have been top fifteen. End. But this is the best high school tight end I've, I've ever seen. This so, kid is along those lines for me. Yeah, I mean he's freaky, ridiculous. I've seen jump over people standing up. Rebound, catching the ball twelve feet in the air off a rebound. I mean, he's he's crazy. Yeah, like I'm really. I was I was on the bandwagon when we saw him at the Nike camp. I was okay, talk you talk you off the ledge a little bit from your other guy and say, dude, this is the freak show here. No, no, no. So, I still love Michael Martinez. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I didn't really get to see Washington. I just saw him right, I, like standing. <laughs> I didn't really get to watch him. I just saw him like standing. Him. Yeah, he just say he just looked like a mammoth in the corner. I'm like, man, who's this guy? But, uh, hey, if 247 was on him, day, and you were on him, that's a great thing. I just, when I saw a list of 2020 players and he wasn't on it, I was shocked and awed. And I said, I can't stand for this. Can't stand. Yeah, O.J. Howard went number 19 in the draft. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a devalued position. I don't think, I don't know why, because honestly, the tight end is always open. Yeah, look, come on, man. They, I mean, who, who, if you're a really good tight end, no one can cover you because you got a linebacker or a safety trying to keep up. It's a joke. catch 80 balls. Right. So, no, the, def, the kid is, is definitely a, a fun kid to watch. And yeah. you mentioned that I like the multi-sport deal, also basketball track. Yeah, about Broom McCoy? He's not a bad little athlete. <laughs> he cut his list down to eight yep. over the weekend. How about Alabama, Florida State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, UCLA, USC, and Washington? I think the two schools he said he knows he will visit are USC and Texas. Also looking like Washington will get a visit. He likes them quite a bit. Um, Oklahoma, probably his top four. Um, it, it, just me kind of reading into it a little bit. USC, pretty huge leader right now. He's kind of always liked them quite a bit. So that'll be a that'll be an uphill climb for any school trying to unseat USC for a lot of reasons. They've been on it for so long. 
he's got family there basically on the team right and uh close to home and, and whatnot so for mccoy probably be an army or not, you know an all-american game decision whatever the new game is going to be called uh it used to be called the army game now it's just called the all-american game but uh he'll probably decide at that point and those are his top schools right now and lastly keith Liberty offensive lineman, uh, Troy Faltana. I probably butchered that name as well. Good looking offensive lineman. He cut his list down to Cal, Duke, Notre Dame, Oregon, UCLA, USC, Utah, and Washington. Troy's a really good looking offensive lineman out of Liberty. Everyone talks about Bishop Gorman, as they should, but Liberty High School in Nevada is also a high quality program. And uh, that's where Troy is from, and those are his schools. And there you have it for recruit notes. GB, thank you, my man. That was oh, abbreviated version. <laughs> a, a abbreviated version of recruiting notes. Like you said, like it. lot of yeah. recruiting, a lot of commitments. That dead period really set off a signal and alarm uh, for all these student athletes to kind of get moving um, and, and lock something down. So, congratulations to those guys. Really quick, GB, I want to get back to something you said earlier. Chris Steele was in the news lately. I really want to get your take on this because I know what my thoughts are. There was a a writer or an analyst who wrote an article. He had, you know, a confirmed Chris Steele committed to USC. He's receiving a lot of flack, a lot of backlash. People saying he jumped in front of his kid's commitment or non-commitment or whatever the case may be. You being kind of a writer, an analyst, a guy who writes articles, what, what are your thoughts uh, on that whole deal. So I'm going to protect the guy's name. Um, I, I actually like him. I think he, he's a he's a you know funny get. He's young, and one thing you don't do. See, there's there's different. So there's what we do, and then there's the newspaper business, right? So the newspaper business is about breaking news. It's not about waiting for the kid to give the okay. Right. You know, last year. You know, me and, and Steve Fryer sat on JT Daniels' early graduation, and then a guy from the LA Daily News, you know, heard it and he put it out there. Right before JT could could throw his video out there. That's what they do, and that's kind of what this guy did. You know, he heard about it. Let's just be honest. Chris Steele, the USC, was not a secret. You know, we all kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. Right. But he he had a video he wanted to put out on on July seventh, his birthday. Right. So. It's one of those deals, out of respect, you you hold off. Sure. And you wait till you get the green light from the kid. If you want to go ahead and say, hey, I think Chris is leaning to SC. I think USC is going to probably get him. You know, that's fine. But to come out and say, you know, Chris Steele to USC, confirmed. Right. I got it from a source. When you know the kid has a timetable set up, you respect it. He's going to be going to the school that you cover, yeah. right? So that's even more reason, you know, you want to always build that relationship. I mean, if you follow, you know, recruit just a little bit, you've probably seen a lot of times when like a Josh Delgado or a, a you know, just just because he committed this weekend, me and Huff and Blair, we'll, we'll always find out where the kid's going. And what we'll do is you can tell once the kid tweets it, you know, we magically have a story ready to go with quotes. Well, how do we have these quotes already? Well, because the kid told us ahead of time. And we sit on it. Right. Out of respect for the kid. Let him have his day. That's what Twitter's about now. When I first started, there was no Twitter. When you got news, you broke it right away. 
Now it's all about letting the kid do it. I respect it. Most people do. And, and you know, and so does this guy. And like you, I think what you said, I saw what you tweeted. I agreed with it. I think people are, I mean, no one, nobody was murdered, right? Right. I mean, nobody was like raped. People are, are I, I think, making the, just a little bit too big of a deal. It was a bad decision. Right. You know, the guy feels bad. I wouldn't have done it. Most people wouldn't have done it. He did it. It was a bad decision. But, dude, let's kind of keep a little bit of perspective. There's starving people, right. you know, in this world. No one is dying over this mistake. So I get the sensitivity. But now, like you said, man, I think just squash it. Move on. It happened. It was unfortunate. It's not the end of the world. Can this fall under the umbrella that people are looking for things to get upset about? A little yes. bit? Yes. Yeah. My first thought when I saw this was that. Yeah. Like you read my mind, probably because we've been talking about this. Right. Twitter gives people an avenue to want to get upset and air their grievances about stuff that doesn't really even affect you. Right. Like there's all these people now coming out and saying, oh, man, you know, I'm not going to do an interview anymore because of this. Or, you know, this is why I don't do this. Or they, they, People are just getting super upset about something that doesn't really even concern them. So, yeah, I, I think I think people are, are kind of just, you know, again, it's kind of a trendy thing to do to get upset and uh, and kind of make a scene and cause a scene. And, you know, hey, look at look at me. You know, I, I can be upset, too. I got a, I got an opinion. Listen to mine. Right. So, you know, I, I get why the Steele family was upset, but nobody else should be as upset as they were. Just it was a dumb decision. Right. I know the kid regrets it. And but you got to move on from it. It's like I said, it's not. You know, it's not life and death. It's football recruiting. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that's my takeaway. What you just said, it's not life and death. Let's keep perspective, ladies and gentlemen. The guy made a mistake. Uh, I'm sure he feels bad about it. Let's let's move on and uh, hope and pray he doesn't make that mistake again. But, uh, GB, I've made a mistake in my life. You heard the words, a mistake. I've made a mistake in my life, GB. A mistake. Um, and uh, who's perfect out there? I, I just, I don't see it. So, you know, allow the guy to grow from this. Um, I'm sure the family's going to be okay. They might be upset uh, kind of in the meantime, in between time. But I'm sure they're going to move forward and be okay. And Chris is going to have his moment eventually. So um, thank you, GB. So Keith, for- Keith I've, I, I've been there, done that. I think I told you my Lorenzo Burker story. Yes. And I un- unintentionally did what this guy did. What You know, again, it wasn't me. Yeah. But I wrote a story about a kid committing out. I sat on it, waited for the kid to do it. Well, a, a knucklehead, idiotic guy that I worked with went ahead and released it because it was, it was in the newspaper. Right. And he put it out there an hour before his announcement. And what made it worse was the kid, Lorenzo, ended up going somewhere else from what my story was. He changed his mind as he was walking to the microphone. So, and I got like just destroyed. There was no, thank God there was no Twitter back then, but there were still message boards. And for a week, you know, people were just all over me for a mistake that I didn't even make. But I, it was the same deal. You, you tried to scoop the kid. You tried to do this ahead of him. You tried to, you know, blah, blah, right. blah. Right. It's a terrible feeling, man. You feel like crap. So I, I know I know this guy feels awful. And, um, but yeah, we should definitely move on. Move on. It's not, you know, there's more important things in life than, than that. So Yeah, exactly the reason why um, I asked your thoughts on it. And just one more thing. Do you think that... 
the <clears throat> circumstances around what has transpired will affect Chris's decision moving forward. Like maybe it affected Lorenzo's. I don't think so because my decision that Lorenzo didn't even see it. You know, again, this was this was before Twitter, so Lorenzo didn't, didn't see it or or even hear it. This there was. I mean, at that time, Keith, it was so, like, cell phones, people yeah. weren't texting. It was a different time. So it definitely didn't affect Lorenzo. He didn't even see that it was already out there. He just, that was his dream school. Yeah. And he got cold feet as he was sitting there waiting for his turn to announce. You know, with, with Chris Steele, I don't think it's going to affect it because it's not like, you know, it's not like USC, you know, leaked it to this guy and said, hey, put this out there now, yeah. you know. You know, Steele might have been upset. I, I don't. Maybe he did think USC leaked it. How else would it have gone out there? But I mean, I haven't talked to you know USC about Steele specifically because I mean, obviously that that's a violation. They can't talk to me. Although you know, we do talk to talk to, talk to kids. But it was it was kind of people kind of knew how to film that Chris was you know going to USC. That was the school. Everyone kind of thought that. So it's just the timing where the reporter, the writer, the timing of him getting the news. Right. You know, maybe he just heard about it, that it was final, it was definitive. Maybe he did get that from someone close to the USC program. But knowing, knowing the Steele family, I, I don't think they're going to let, you know, the next four years of their life decision be affected by, you know, by that little leak. So I, I think I think USC still looks good to get his decision when he does make his, his commitment video and, and releases it on his birthday, which I think that's still the plan is July 7th. So. Um, but who knows, right? Maybe maybe this will give him a chance for a, a Florida or a South Carolina to get back in the mix and and make things interesting on July seventh. We'll we'll find out in a couple weeks. We will find out, and we will not scoop him before it happens. Absolutely, will not scoop. Chris Everybody Dale. needs to move on. Speaking of moving on, it's time for our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands. Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Our Sleeper of the Week this week hails from the Trinity League. What a shocker. They've got pretty good football players. They play pretty good football in that league. 2019, Jay Sarah offensive lineman, Ryan Suliafu. Ryan Suliafu at J. Sarah 2019 offensive lineman, interior player, could be a center, plays kind of left guard right now, had him at the Hall of Fame Academy Showcase, and he was dominant, GB. Physical, aggressive, technique, sound, base and balance, always terrific punch with a nasty streak on the finish. Really like Ryan. Also has a brother, Siale, in the 2021 class, who was Active and quick on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive line. Appreciated those guys coming out, giving great effort. So, Ryan Suliafu, J. Sarah, 2019 offensive lineman, our transparent truth, sleeper of the week. 
GB, it's time these for a little. Same, hum- what you say? These are the same young kids that were that left Centennial, correct? Yes, these are the same young kids. I've heard some great things, and you know they were supposed to be on their way to Bosco when they kind of got took a little detour and went to Jay Sarah. Tell you what, man, do not sleep on Jay Sarah. Do not. They, do not. Especially when it comes to you know we talked about all this about Lyman. Yeah. Lyman, Lyman, Lyman. They got Pat Harlow as the head coach. Yes. I mean, he's going to coach those guys up, and that's why they were able to. You know, to win so many games last year and finish third in the Trinity League because of alignment. So, I think a lot of us think you know Orange Lou because of skill. But man, watch out for Jay Sarah. They got men up front. No, they got big time players. They got skill guys. <laughs> they got a quarterback who just got an offer from San Jose State, Mister Caden Bell. Hey man, Jay Sarah. I'm so happy for Caden Bell. Yeah, I, I, I am too. New offers this week because it was too long, but. That was definitely a guy. I am glad you brought him up. Such a, I mean, a, the easiest kid to root for. Awesome kid. So, Ivy League schools, that was like his first real, when I say real, I mean, I love Ivy League offers, obviously, but that was like his, you know, a, a big time football offer. Yeah. For Caden, I'm curious, man. He, so, he's got, you know, Ivy League. Do you, do you go to San Jose State and play, you know, in, in high level Mountain West football, or do you go to a school like Harvard, Yale, Princeton? And you're basically set for life after football. It's going to be a, a, a fun decision for for Caden. I'm curious what he's going to do. Yeah, easy decision for me. Fun decision and interesting for him. But uh, what would you do? I'd go Ivy League. I'd go Ivy League. Go Ivy League. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. That'd be tough. That'd be I, tough to turn down. Yeah, I understand life after football. Being that I am in life after football, and uh, the Ivy League is a no brainer for me. So, uh, but like you said, Jay Sarah, man, they're loaded. They've got players. They got a young defensive back core. Uh, they've got the kid Sammy Green, a 2021 kid who's special in terms of his athletic ability and playmaking and ball skills. They got a terrific squad. Jay Mitch over there coaching the receivers. He's got his young son playing in the slot. Jay Sarah looks really good. But want to recap a little bit of the Hall of Fame Prep Academy uh, showcase that was in Fullerton. Had a great time. GB uh, facilitating and directing the Academy showcase. Uh, had some really good ball players come out. Want to give a big shout out to some guys who I thought really stood out. Well, number one is Andrew Andrade. He's a kid. His dad is all over Twitter posting his videos. GB. I mean, this kid's about five nine, probably about one seventy five. He's a receiver. Look, and by if you judge books by his cover, you're thinking no way this guy can make plays. No way this guy's gonna get open here. This kid does nothing but get open and make spectacular plays on a football. Loved his ability to pull in tough catches, whether he was open or whether it was through the contest. A great job. Anthony Cooper, defensive back, 2021 out of Aquinas in San Bernardino. Also did a great job. He's got a terrific frame and great athletic ability. Cameron Thomas, San Pedro High School, 2019 receiver. Big physical Athletic needs some improvement in a couple of areas, but I like his skill set. Um, linebacker 2019 out of Centennial, Christopher Okiki, aggressive, athletic, downhill player. I thought he did a great job uh, playing in space. George Bowers, the uh, 2020 defensive back out of uh, he just transferred. Can't remember the, the school right now, but he just transferred to a new school. But he's from the Central Valley area. George Mikey Hine, you talk about a dominant interior O-line kid. George Mikey Hine with the invite to the Prep Academy 
elite camp in Canton, Ohio. The modern day 2021 offensive lineman was a man in the interior, and uh, we played a, some physical brand of football last Friday, and George was leader of the pack. He did a great job. Also want to shout out a couple more guys. Uh, Keanu Tanuvasa, he's a defensive lineman, uh, 2020 kid. I thought he showed great effort and a great burst uh, off the edge. Malachi Nelson, and we'll talk about him. He's an eighth-grade kid, quarterback kind of out of the Irvine area. He was fantastic. Probably, you know, the kid with the biggest upside at the entire deal didn't even participate most of the camp. He came in with a sore ankle. Uh, it just didn't feel right after kind of through testing and some agilities. Maven Anderson, our former one to watch from Mission Viejo, 2021 kid. Greg, the kid got down with a sore ankle, ran 449 electric, and he was explosive. He was more than explosive. He was explosive. <laughs> Maven Anderson, 2021. I'm telling you right now, GB, 25 offers before his junior year starts. This kid is going to be Top, the top athlete in the nation his senior year. Mark it down. Uh, Nigel Osborne, a, a, a running back, 2023 running back. He was the best seventh grade running back in the country last year for the Cerritos Vipers, who team won a national championship. Uh, he was spectacular, and I thought he had a lot, a lot of ability and showed well. Tanner Miller, the center from Valencia High School, did a great job competing, was very physical, and uh, did not turn down a one-on-one rep. And then last but not least, uh, I want to shout out my guy, Big Bo, Ryan Halinski, quarterback Orange Luther, the number one pocket passer in the country, came out, competed hard, led the quarterback group. Uh, threw some lasers on time and on target. Really appreciate Ryan for coming out. Kind of our ambassador and number one pick for the Hall of Fame Prep Academy uh, All-American group. He did a great job. We appreciate him for coming out and competing and doing his stuff. So um, that pretty much does it for the guys that I kind of want to shout out and show some love to. It was a terrific event. It was very high intensity, up-tempo, very physical, very fast. And I thought each guy at least got 1% better on Friday. And I told them, hey, if you come out with this effort on a daily, you get 1% better every day. Find out where you're going to be come mid-August when the season starts. So, appreciate those guys. Prep Academy Hall of Fame Showcase was a very, very high success. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So, GB, moving right along, we got to get to a little bit of a preview of the opening. Coming up this weekend, I know you're flying down. Um, I'm flying down as well. We'll talk a little bit about uh, who we think is going to win the MVP from the quarterback position. Who's going to be a dominant player on the offensive defensive line and in the back seven. And who do you think is going to kind of surprise you that maybe isn't super highly rated, but it's going to come in and, and, and put the smash down. GB, in terms of quarterback, who do you think is going to win this, this MVP race for the Elite 11? You know, it's impossible to predict right now because I don't know the teams yet. I know there's, I think I, they put out a couple, they yeah. put out two teams last night. Right. Which is Monday night. So two nights ago, since it's airing on Wednesday. So, I mean, it's all, the quarterback MVP always goes to the winning team right. of the of the event. So, I mean, I kind of lean toward guys that I know have excelled in a lot of seven-on-sevens. You got, you know, Ryan Holinsky, yeah. uh, Bo Nix. Um, these guys that are just pure throwers. The guys that are more of the dual threats don't typically do it that great. 
and this type of event. Uh, Justin, people say, what about Justin Fields? Yeah, you know what? He's a generational talent. Um, but I, I, I could see someone, again, depends on how much talent around him, but I could see Ryan Wolinski winning this thing. Yeah. Um, I could see like a Sam Howell. You know, he, he plays a lot of 7-on-7 seven seven in Florida. Yeah. North Carolina um, does well. I mentioned Bo Nix already. Just a pure 7-on-7 seven seven guy. Smooth, quick, efficient, reads, smart, all those things. It, it's, a, it's a different event. It's a 100-yard it's a field. It's 40 yards to get a first down. You can't have negative plays. You can't swim the ball over. you got to be smart. So it, it's those quarterbacks that, that protect the football that usually do really well in this event. So um, that's kind of my quick take in, in saying that'll probably be somebody, you know, who we, we, we don't even think about. But uh, – I can, those are the guys off the top of my head. What do you think? Who, who's your guy? You know, I'm kind of favor Ryan Helensky. He's my guy. I'm a believer in Big Bo's ability and his talent. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a guy that can make pinpoint passes versus tight coverage and in tight windows. My sleeper is Brian Maurer, a kid who I loved when I saw him at the Elite 11 Finals um, in Redondo and... I guess his biggest offer at the time was West Virginia. He's blown up since then. Ohio State, Florida, you know, a couple of blue bloods out there really getting after this kid. I really like Brian Maurer. I think he's a a terrific pocket passer. He's got a lot, a lot of ability to fit the ball in uh, and make off-platform throws. It's going to be interesting to see Ryan Helensky deep into the Elite 11, into the opening finals, how he's able to uh, create the type of energy that he created at the Elite 11 Finals in Redondo. He had the coaches behind him. He had players behind him. He generated energy from the stands, GB, and I remember that vividly. Can he do the same? Can he rally the masses to create momentum for himself and his team uh, to finish and to take that championship uh, seven on seven trophy home and an MVP. He's my pick again, but my sleeper is Brian Maurer over from uh, Ocala, Florida. How do you think a kid like Spencer Rattler, who you know was the uh, he got you know the number one rated guy out of the out, out of the Elite Eleven in, in Redondo? Yeah. Um, r- right now, there hasn't really been an established number one quarterback in this year's 2019 class. How do you think Spencer will do in this event? I think Spencer's going to do fine. Um, very similar to Ryan in terms of, I mean, he just brings some juice to the field when he steps on and he's calling signals. Uh, I think he's a guy that can make all the throws. Uh, I've loved Sip Spencer ever since he was a freshman. And being that he's been looking forward to this, just like all the other guys have their entire high school's careers. But Spencer, he's known for performing big on a big stage. That's kind of when his best comes out. He's a state champion in football. He's a state champion in basketball. Um, He's going to come with tremendous confidence. He's going to try to light the field on fire. Spencer Radler, I think he's going to do just fine. I think what you said, uh, Greg, a little while ago is an important component to the overall process of this competition. Who is on your team? What receivers are going to be able to create separation versus defensive backs? Who can get you the football back the fastest in terms of who's on your defense and create turnovers? All those things come into play when you talk about a, a, a opening finals competition, but uh, I think Spencer's going to do well. I think the receivers, that's an important piece. Justin Field had great receivers last year. And then can the defense get you the ball back quickly to allow you uh, to distribute the ball to your receivers to make plays? So we'll see how that matches 100%. up. Yep. 
let's talk about a little bit about uh, a dominant player. Who do you think is going to be dominant? Let's talk outside the quarterback position, GB. We're talking yeah. running back, receiver, linebacker, O-line, D-line, whatever you choose. So, I mean, Nolan Smith is obviously the guy, right? I mean, his, his testing numbers from an event earlier were, were freaky. And, in fact, they were so freaky, I was kind of was wondering how accurate they were because they were that <laughs> freaky. Yeah. But, so, GB, real quick, let me interrupt. You talked about Nolan Smith's numbers in terms of his transparent truth rating. <laughs> what do you got for us? I mean, how mind-boggling were they? Give me some facts. So at 6'3", 235 pounds, the kid had a 141 transparent truth rating, ran 4.51. Wow. 39 vertical jump, 39 vertical jump, 4.15 shuttle, and wow. through the Powerball, almost 45 feet. At 6'3", so, and how much? At 6'3", and 234 pounds. Wow. You will not see those numbers at an NFL combine. That those are off the charts, and I think that 141 was probably a record. So, again, 234 pounds. I saw Nolan up close last year against Centennial, and he looked like he was closer to 215, 220. So he must have put on some really good weight, some muscle, yet still, you know, increased his speed, his athleticism. This guy, you know, you're talking about a guy who could just blow up his camp. I think it very well could be Nolan Smith. He could be the dominant defensive lineman in the one-on-one drills that are, for me, so much fun to watch when you're watching 7-on-7 because probably because we've seen so much 7-on-7, it kind of get almost boring at times. But when you watch the the O-line, D-line, you know, fully padded up with the helmet and shoulder pads, they can go after it and not worry about head-on-head collisions because they're padded. I think those are the funnest part about the event. And Nolan Smith, I'll be very curious if any – offensive lineman can kind of stand in his way at this event. I mean, those are number one overall pick numbers, GB, Absolutely. that you just spit it out. That That's amazing. 451 at 235, jumping close to 40 inches in 412 shuttle. I mean, that that's just super freaky. That's that's Javon Curse type freaky. It is, it is. And you know, then you got like Derek Stingley, who, you know, talking about DBs. You know, there. Is, I don't know if there's a number one guy there yet either. I think there's still a battle to be decided who's the number one corner. Yeah, uh, he plays in really low level competition. I watched his tape, and I, I honestly, I was like, "What the heck is this?" Right. I watched the back throwing these balls up. It was like watching three flies up. But then you went to the Nike camp and ran four three and dominated there. So it, it's like if you're going to be a number one guy, you need to dominate against lesser competition, which he did. And then when you go head-to-head against elite competition... You like need to dominate. Dominate right. there, too. And he did that. And then he tested great, and he's got all the physical measurables. So seeing him on, on this stage, can now can he now establish himself as the number one, number one pure cover guy, right? Forget yeah. all the, the holding and the grabbing that we see at these events. Forget sure. the trying to throw a guy. Can you cover a guy down the field? If Derek Stingley can, can do that, then shoot. You know, he's going to be in the running for a potential number one overall guy. And then I know the guy we love out West, you know, Brew McCoy. Unfortunately, Brew's going to do great, but he was just recently cleared, you know, had the sports hernia. Yeah. And he hasn't really been able to work out for the last three or four months. So Brew's going to probably work out with the receivers. He'll do really well. But I think Brew on his, you know, uh, on his normal, you know, no hernia surgeries where he's just been training. I think he could have been a guy that could dominate on both sides of the ball and, and potentially be in there running for that number one spot as, as a sleeper guy. 
but I just don't know if it's going to happen when he's going to probably be only about 80 to 85% of his normal brewness. Yeah, no. The football gods normally don't allow things like that to happen. If it does, I'd be pretty shocked. Like you said, though, if, if Brew McCoy was back to Brew McCoy, then absolutely both sides of the ball, you, you know, he could be the number one pick out of all these guys. I've kind of leaned co- towards uh, a West Coast guy. I'm a little bit of a homer. Kayvon Thibodeau, I think he's going to come off the edge with a, with a little bit of edge. I think Kayvon's got a little something to prove. People kind of been talking slick about Kayvon and saying different things. Uh, maybe he's a little overrated. Maybe he's not that good. I think he's going to come in with a point to prove and really make plays and make things happen off that edge, get to that quarterback. Um, if you want to talk about a guy who's a, a sleeper kid who I think might blow up, who maybe isn't super highly recruited, um, I think Giles Jackson, man. I really love Giles Jackson. Out the backfield, he can make plays. In the slot, he can make plays. The kid is explosive. He's got that quickness. He's got that speed. He's going to run away from some people, GB. Giles Jackson, you better look out for him. But, uh, G, that, GB, that kind of wraps it up for our preview of the opening. All right now it's time to get to our one to watch. Our one to watch this week is quarterback Malachi Nelson. Saw him at the Prep Academy Showcase, Hall of Fame Showcase. He was phenomenal. A little Malik Henry clone, Greg Biggins. You got to watch this kid. Malachi Nelson, 2023 quarterback, gets the invite to our eighth grade All-American game happening in Canton, Ohio during enshrinement week. He will be front row almost when Ray Lewis goes to get enshrined and others. Uh, He's got a terrific week for the 2023 class out there in Canton. So congratulations to Malachi Nelson, quarterback out of kind of the Irvine area. 2023 class, a big-time player, huge future. Uh, GB, that kind of brings us to a close. We appreciate the listeners for listening in. Follow my man at Greg Biggins on Twitter. Follow me at Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Follow each one. If you don't have our platforms on YouTube, they drop. Make sure you are tapping in. Without further ado, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.